Happy Monday, everybody. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the PHNX Suns podcast. I'm Lindsay Smith. That's Saul Bookman. That's Gerald Bourget. And of course, that's Espo. Gentlemen, how was your weekend? Fantastic. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, it was good. It was nice to be away for a few days. I don't remember it, so... Did it go I guess too that's fast? good or bad. Or was it because it was too much fun? Bender or something? Or <laughs> it just I went have too no fast. family at home. I think I watched some movies. I was just bored. So. Okay. So you're happy to be back here with us on a Monday I afternoon. Didn't say that. Oh, That's oh, what I heard. Damn, <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we have a very special guest joining us for some of the conversation today. His name is Eric Pincus. He's at Eric Pincus on Twitter. He is a salary cap strategist, a capologist, a writer, an instructor at Sports Big Biz Class and Bleacher Report. Eric Pincus, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate your time. How are you today? I'm doing all right. I'm looking forward to the finals and enjoying life and getting ready for the draft and off season and all that. So excellent. Happy to be here. Yeah, lots and lots of busy stuff going on these days. The NBA is not shy of any storylines, that's for sure. Uh, we appreciate you being here with us. One of the things we did want to talk to you about, of course, is the Suns and kind of all of their options, the new CBA and things of that nature. To start, could you just kind of give us an overall sort of general landscape of where the Suns are and what kind of flexibility they have? Well, they have some flexibility. I don't want to say that they don't have any. <laughs> they're not zero, but they're not high on the list of like flexible teams. I mean, you look at, you know, we could talk about the Knicks or the Thunder or the Spurs who have cap room galore and picks. That's not the Suns. They're not in that stratosphere. They gave up the flexibility they had to get Kevin Durant. So where do you go from here? And that's really what they're charged with figuring out. How do you round out a roster that has Devin Booker, uh, Kevin Durant as your primary two guys, and then is DeAndre Ayton a third core piece, or is he the means to an end to add depth? And then there was the news that Chris Paul is leaving the team. They're going to waive him. Uh, I don't know if they're going to waive him outright or if they're going to trade him. And that kind of creates a new opportunity. If they trade him, they could bring salary back. And maybe it's unwanted salary from some other team because you know they're basically getting Chris probably to cut him. So you know, is there something in return? So those are the kind of questions. They don't have a lot to offer. You've got, I mean, campaign, Landry Shamit are youngish guys that they have. I don't think they're necessarily you know, key prospects that other teams are going to send great players Four and if you're only limited to you know if you're limited to Chris and and Aiton and if you don't trade Aiton you know that flexibility goes uh, really it gets very slim very quickly. You know uh, a lot of questions about the new CBA and how this is the construct of it and how it's going to limit some teams. Um, and you know to be frank, <laughs> the day uh, we got our new owner, we were all excited because we finally had an owner that was going to spend a lot of money. <laughs> and then it seems like the next day the NBA was like, ah, 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 not so fast. <laughs> um, what can you tell us about the new CBA uh, that you already know about in terms of limitations that teams are going to have and how that could play a part in what the Suns are trying to do? Right. So, like, you know, where the Suns were situated at the deadline after getting KD and uh, pre-CBA, pre-new rules, they were already sort of boxed in. They already went for it with what was their all-in move to get KD. So they were limited by the flexibility. Now, you can argue that 
the, the increased limitations are why they're getting out of Chris Paul. But I don't think that's accurate. I just think Chris is at a point where um, really when I think they signed the deal, I think this was you know, under Sarver, that was probably the plan was that they would get the most out of him until uh, this third year. And then he's got such a flexible deal that they would probably trade him and, and, or, you know, maybe now they they're cutting him instead of trading him. Maybe that's the, you know, the response to the new rules. Uh, you know, generally speaking, you as a team, you don't want to be above what they, they have a new second apron. Uh, so just you know, rough terms, uh, teams are limited in that, in that upper apron, let, let me give you the numbers. So, in theory, we don't know the exact numbers, but in theory, the tax will be 162. Mm-hmm. The apron is about 169. And then the second apron is about 180, a little bit under. Mm-hmm. So, those are kind of the areas of flexibility. You have some limits on your flexibility if you're above the tax, you have more limitations above that first apron. And then you have like these extreme punishments above the, the second apron. And the punishments increase over time. So they're like not terrible this year, but over time. So if you're keeping all of this together, you're keeping Chris long-term, DeAndre, Booker, Katie, now you start to run into that issue. So this is where the the Suns need to sort of pivot. But at the same time, I don't know that these new new rules are really changing their, their situation. They were already no picks, no young players that other teams really covet. Uh, and a very top-heavy roster, and, and outside of Aiden, who is a young player, who there are teams that, that do covet, you just have to decide, is there enough return if they're going to move him? So the, real, that, that's the debate. Real quick before before we move on to the next question, in regards to that, um, do teams have a heads-up as to what the construct of the CBA is going to be prior? Because, I mean, in the Suns' case, you know they gave up a lot of draft capital, uh, two valuable players that were very young, to get Kevin Durant, um, I assume that they got a heads up, and if not, I mean, I, I feel like this is kind of a kind of a big deal because they gave up a lot of capital to get one player, and I wonder if, in hindsight, they wouldn't have made that deal with the with the limitations that they had. Yeah, they still would have. <laughs> okay, like I feel like did they have uh, an idea? Probably not really. I don't think that most teams fully understood where things would go because it was unknown, right? Like it was a negotiation. I think if you read the tea leaves, you knew that the NBA wanted a hard cap and you also knew that the players wouldn't accept a hard cap. So this is sort of as close to that as we could get to without like a lockout. You know, we got labor peace. Basketball is going to continue. There's greater penalties for the big spenders. I don't think this is... Where, I think this is where the, the Suns have been going for a long period of time. They had Chris. They needed to replace Chris. And I think they were looking to move Chris, even at the deadline. And then KD came up. And like that prospect of adding a top, depending on your point of view, top five player in the league. I mean, we could debate where he is now with Jokic ascending. And I guess Embiid's MVP. And, you know, like where does KD fit on that? I don't know. But he's in that conversation. And for the Suns to be able to add that to a, a top scorer, you could like or dislike Booker, but he's among the top scorers in the league, period, every year. So I don't think they changed their approach. I don't think that this is, quote, you know, unfair specifically to the Suns. They probably disagree because any team that has a high payroll uh, probably doesn't like it and says this that we're targeted. But I, I really think the targets were the Clippers and the Warriors. The Suns just went into the tax 
just recently. Like they've been avoiding the tax forever. So um, yet, like you said, you finally have an owner willing to get there. They don't have to avoid the tax. They can keep spending. But that limitation in getting KD was inherent. And I think they do it again, regardless of what the rules are. Are we 100% sure that the second apron kicks in in July? I know there's some oh, yeah. certain rules yeah. will happen and certain won't. Right. Well, um, they it all kicks in July 1st. Okay. Uh, but there are gradual limitations. So for instance, yeah. um, you know, there's things like you have a taxpayer mid-level, which is worth, it's been lowered, but let's say it's $5 million. If you're above that um, second apron, you don't have it, right? So that's immediate. Mm. Uh, whereas later there are issues like frozen draft picks, which are crazy, where like seven years down the road, your pick's frozen, uh, you can't trade it, uh, it'll drop to the end of the first, and there's a way out of it, but you have to get out of it like almost right away it's not not even almost you have to get out of it right away like the next year or so uh whereas you know like there are other like there's a repeater tax that it previously exists and it's based on the most recent years whereas this frozen pick is on like the front stuff so like you you do it now and the next year you stay and the next year you're you're just frozen period and your pick let's say that you're rebuilding in six seven years kd and the Suns win a title you know, they celebrate, they've got their, their championship, but now it's seven years later and they're rebuilding and they're the worst team in the league, which is, you know, kind of what happens is, you know, the rise and fall. And now you get the number one pick and Victor Wembanyama is in the draft and you get the number one pick and it's, but it's frozen. So you don't even have that chance. So now you're 26 or 30 or something nonsense like that. So there are restrictions that, you know, about trades and how um, it's limiting. There's issues about like, you know, buyouts whether you can get a buyout player i mean we uh, we could do like you know probably a week's worth of content you know just on like the minutiae of that and that that's what i that's what i spend my time doing you're you're i don't think your viewers want us to get that deep into it other than to say that like the suns like everybody else are restricted and and there's no team that isn't restricted by this so the hawks are in a, a difficult situation because they're heavily invested the pelicans today are fine but two years down the road they can't keep this team together uh, if you have a team that's drafted really well, like you, you look at the Thunder, they've got Shea, they've got Giddy. If Holmgren comes and has a great second year, he misses first year. And now, you know, three years down the road, they got to pay more. You, you could see how any team could walk a path to uh, they're screwed. You know what I mean? And and it's <laughs> the goal is if there, if there's only what there's 30 ish, there's 12 all stars. Right. But then you have injuries. So injury replacements. So let's say you get to 30 all-stars a year. Those should be spread out so that every team has an all-star level talent. And uh, you could say, well, some teams are going to be rebuilding. So maybe five are rebuilding. So two teams have five of those guys. That's the idea of how the NBA wants to operate. And it's not perfect. And the Suns, they have two of those guys, right? You have Booker and KD, and then we could debate what Aiden is. So, you celebrate that if you're a Suns fan, but now the hard part is, you know, fleshing it out. And they, you know, losing to the to the Nuggets if they win a title may not reflect on who the Sun. We don't really know how good the Suns are or how bad. Like, oh, they got knocked out early in the playoffs. Yeah, but they got knocked out by the the team that rolled through the rest of the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it it it's hard. It, you know, it's every every decision that a front office sons included have to make is based on you don't have full information you can you just make the best choice that you can but to add kd and booker together i think you're 
you know, you're already ahead of most of the other teams. Yeah. Eric, if they win a title, they can freeze every asset. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Eric, you kind of alluded to this, how we were always sort of heading this way with Chris Paul. When they signed the contract, they left themselves some flexibility with only 15.8 million guaranteed this year. Next year is fully non-guaranteed. Um, out of those three options in terms of waving him, waving and stretching and trading him, I mean, what's kind of your read on which avenue the Suns should be taking, ideally, if they can? Right. So, you know, the should is, you know, obviously subjective in that, like, mm. uh, you know, I'm not on the Suns' phone calls to know who's being offered. If you're being offered terrible um, trade packages for Chris Paul, uh, and you're just being offered like guys you don't want and you don't think helps and just puts you into greater financial jeopardy, then the answer is no. Like in a perfect world, they should trade Chris and get back two, three guys who can help them win now. And they don't really have picks, but maybe you're taking an example would be John Collins. I don't know if if he's great at anything. He's solid across the board. He's a good player. He's earning about $25 million a year, which is probably higher than his production. So if you're the Suns, do you say, well, we could probably get John Collins and maybe, you know, one or two other considerations from the Hawks for Chris Paul? And the reason why the the Suns do that is that they can then stretch Chris Paul and suddenly they go from like at the second apron to under the tax. Saves their owner a ton of money, gives the team more flexibility, and they're con- they don't necessarily need John Collins and they can afford to, uh, you know, they they can consolidate. I think that's consolidate their talent. Whereas the the Suns don't have any players to consolidate. They barely have any anyone on the roster. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like I don't think you're getting an, a Kongwu, but you know maybe a Sadiq Bay or a Jalen Johnson or you know you go down the list, and that's where you're relying on your scouting department in Phoenix to say, oh you know this guy Vit Kreshi. He's I, I'm probably butchering the pronunciation. He's a diamond in the rough. Uh, he'll be like the next Christian Brown on on the Nuggets. And he's on a minimum and we get John Collins, but we're actually doing it because of the, I'm just making stuff up. You know what I'm sure. saying? That's the approach of how it should go down. But if if there's, you know, if, if they look at John Collins and say he does nothing for a team, we're paying 25 million a year. He's just tying up our flexibility. We're better off stretching Chris, getting out of that. Now, if you stretch him, you're getting about $12 million worth of the mid-level exception to spend. So, it's either Chris plus twelve million. Now maybe you can also get the biannual. Maybe that's about, you know, uh, four-ish million, something like that. We'll call it five. Well, it's under five, but we'll call it five. Mm-hmm. So let's say you can get two players at twelve and five, for stretching Chris, but you can't bring Chris back. Mm-hmm. Or you can waive Chris, and then pay five million to get one guy. So you're paying Chris the minimum, perhaps you stretch. You don't stretch him. You waive him. Bring him back at the minimum pay a $5 million guy. And that's assuming Chris will come back at the minimum, which I'm not sure he would. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're kind of weighing, but by the way, that that plan also means tons of tax, limited flexibility. And so, you know, the should is probably in order, trade Chris, stretch Chris, wave Chris. And I probably have wave Chris low on the list because I don't think he, he that's wave without stretching. Um, I don't think he's coming back for the minimum. That's my opinion. And I feel like it's relatively well sourced, but at the same time, uh, you know, it, it's hard to say what people actually do versus what the buzz is in, in NBA circles. So Joe in the chat had a quick follow up to that. If the Suns trade Chris Paul and then that team subsequently cuts him before 
that June 28th deadline. Can he then re-sign in Phoenix? Is there no restriction uh, to that? I'd have to look at that closely. My understanding is it would be a year. Okay. Uh, I have to double check that because there are some loopholes because we're between seasons. I think the rule is without reading that. So for one, if they stretch him, they can't re-sign him. If they trade him and he's then cut immediately, I believe they're limited for a full year. So it would probably be, you know, July of gotcha. 2024 for that till they can sign him. That's my, without looking it up, that's my interpretation. Sure. Perfect. Uh, you had the report late last week in, in regards to Carl Anthony Towns and the belief that he won't be on the Wolves roster come next season. Uh, do you see any path? Because Suns fans tend to be obsessed with him because he's friends with Devin Booker. Is there any logical path to wind up having Carl uh, Anthony Towns in Phoenix? Sure. Well, I, I, you know, the article was um, tying the the Minnesota situation to what other executives around the league are saying mm -hmm. about the Wolves. Now there are also teams that are having conversations with the Wolves, so they have an understanding of what the conversations are. Mm -hmm. And so some of them, the thrust of what I wrote was that he's probably not going to be on the team for 24, 25, and that some people think he could be gone as early as before the season. So in the next few weeks around the mm -hmm. draft and that there is some conversation right now. And I believe there to be conversation where the wolves are talking to teams about cat. So I don't want to sit here and say, he won't be on the team. He'll be traded next week. I don't, I don't know that to be true. I do know that he's at least a consideration for teams and, you know, especially, you know, with that number three pick or, you know, we could debate all that. The challenge for the Suns is, you know, cat makes a ton of money. So yes, certainly possible. Uh, he's in the $41 million price range, ramping up to about 40. I'm sorry. That's, that's Gobert. He's in the $36 million price range, but that jumps up after a year because he's been extended to 49. So it's a commit and yes, the Suns could go after him, but understanding that if you're paying him 50, if you're paying KD 50, 51, whatever, and you're paying Booker 50, let's just round it to 150 for all three. Uh, that's a hefty <laughs> burden for a team to take on under the new rules. Uh, and if you like, you know, go back to like, you know, like the LeBron teams, it was like LeBron and Wade or LeBron and Kyrie. And that third guy was Bosch or Love. The reason why Bosch worked so well is because of what he did to complement the scores as a defender, as, as a role player, as like an elite, elite role player, high paid, et cetera. I don't know that Cat is that. So from a basketball point of view, not really a fan. Um, um, but also to keep that in mind, like the second apron projects to be about 188 next year. So if you're putting 150 into three players, uh, you're probably you know, well over that. So then, you know, the sun's getting to crazy territory with, and now you're starting to talk about a year where frozen draft picks happen, et cetera. And you're, you're, if, you know, as far as, okay, fine, I'm wrong. You know, cat is the guy they want to do cat Booker KD. And that's, that's the heart of what they want to do. Well, then how do you get there? And you could probably get there via something built around Chris. Um, you would have to probably guarantee most of his money. And there has to be a compelling reason why, 
the Wolves do that, of which the Suns don't really have any. Um, you know, and then you say, well, maybe the Hawks as you know, they're trading DeJounte. And now you can get into like, okay, well, fine. Now the Wolves need a point guard. They get DeJounte, DeJounte Murray. Um, the the Suns get or the Hawks get Chris Paul and whatever. Maybe they get out of John Collins, whatever. And then, you know, so like there are ways to make it work, but it, you know, we start to stretch a little bit the cred credibility of it. Um, like, you know, it's certainly possible. And of course, if you moved eight and now you open up a, a whole different world of possibilities. And if you're thinking like, oh, no, 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 you're going to trade Chris and keep Aiden. Well, now you're at like 180 with just the four of them, which is at that <laughs> second apron or, or thereabouts. And so, yeah, I mean, practically speaking, is it possible? Absolutely. Is it likely? I put that probably, you know, low on the likely list, but I try not to be judgmental when people ask me like, you know, <laughs> is it legal? Is it possible? Sure. Yeah, Eric, of course. it's all right to be judgmental. We judge the fans that ask us that as well. So. Fair enough. Uh, all right, Eric, the last thing I want to ask you about is just, you know, if you were in charge of the Suns, because they have some maneuvering they have to do this offseason without going into, like, specifics maybe on exactly the player and things of that nature. But no, if you we were the want Suns. Details. I want a thorough, <laughs> comprehensive list of what the Suns sure. are. What would you do this offseason um, obviously right. with, when it comes to Chris Paul, Deandre in and so on and so forth. Right. I mean, I would, I, I, I believe there are three contracts that stand out as like, you know, get out of jail free cards, uh, when it comes to other teams saving money, it's like, uh, Kevin, uh, Porter jr. With Houston, Jonathan Isaac with Orlando and Chris Paul. Those are the three top money savers right off the bat. Now there are teams that have cap room that can do similarly. Um, I'd be hitting up all of those teams that, uh, I'm looking at and saying, yeah, they they need to shed money. I start with the Hawks. I'd be trying to see, you know, what what's out there from them for Chris Paul, and then you know, how do you facilitate a move where you're getting? Yeah, to me, I, I'm not hung up on the names, like the star names. Like you have all the scoring you would possibly need uh, from a star point of view with KD and Booker. So now it's who can get them the ball to where they're most effective uh who how do you defend with this group how do you, you know you need shooters athletes defenders um you need guys more like bruce brown jr than you need like uh kevin porter jr., or michael porter jr you know what i mean like michael porter jr is like a a good complimentary third scorer uh with a giant contract mm -hmm. like bruce brown is relatively cheap he'll get paid more this summer so i don't i don't know if i'd, I'd have to sit and really think like who is available I would start with the Hawks because of their money trouble. I would go team by team. Like Brooklyn is in a situation where um, I think they have to cut money. So I'd be looking at like Royce O'Neal types. Like, is this, is that, you know, quote sexy? Is it like, I don't know, but like, you know, you want to build a team that can actually win. Like what happened with the Nuggets to win was they got like KCP, Contavious Caldwell Pope, who's another guy who it's like, is he, you know, you know, is he a star? Is he ever going to be, you know, headlining the all NBA list? Of course not. Um, but he helped the Lakers win a title. He got traded to Washington and didn't do much there because the team was lousy. So those are the kind of guys you want to find. And, you know, Royce O'Neal, if you can get Dorian Finney-Smith, I think they're going to want more. Um, but like even Joe Harris, like I don't love Joe Harris, but he's a good shooter. He's expensive. And now maybe you're getting Royce O'Neal and Joe Harris 
for really cheap, just, just sending Chris because they can get out of money and it saves them a situation and you're getting, you know, so I, you know, I, I, we could spend a few hours getting to the should, but that's the <laughs> idea of it. You know what I mean? I, the, the bigger question is, you know, should you trade Aiden? And that is a tougher one. I think they could get two, three guys back for him. They, they need players who can play right now and help him win. You know, the thing is, is that um, Vogel, Frank Vogel, the new coach, historically likes Aiton types. Like he got so much out of Roy Hibbert back in the day. And Aiton is better, you know, than than Roy Hibbert ever was. And I like Roy. I got to know him pretty well with the Lakers when he was there for a year. Uh, so not, you know, belittling him, but I'm saying Aiton is, you know, really better than I think what uh, he's been the last year or two under Monty. I think we saw what he can be in that playoff run to the finals. I thought, you know, he was fantastic. I mean, he was going up against elite bigs like AD and other guys and and holding his own. So that I think is the heart of, you know, the the matter. What can you get for Chris or do you just let him go? And then what do you get for 12 million? Is that what I think they should do? No, I think they should try to get something for Chris. And the harder question is, is, is there a, a, a viable return that really makes sense? Uh, for DeAndre Aiden, which is not an easy question to answer. Yeah. Eric, thank you so much. We really appreciate your time and all the insight you were able to share with us today. Thank you again. Of course. Thanks for having me anytime. We'll see you next Thanks, time. Eric. And everybody, make sure you give him a follow on Twitter at Eric Pincus. And also make sure you sign up for the BetMGM Sportsbook app. It is a lot of fun. If you have not signed up, make sure you are using that bonus code PHNX because there's a few different offers depending on where you live when you get, when you use that bonus code. But for our Arizona audience, you will get up to $100 in bonus bets on your first wager with BetMGM. Again, make sure you use that code PHNX. You can check out the show notes for full details. And now you can listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Kansas, Nevada, 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. And of course, don't forget to check out our friends over at OGs. They have fantastic products. They are even more fantastic people over there as well. You know, we love our friends over at OGs and all the amazing things that they create. They have the Aquaberry Sleep Edition Gummy. They have the Strawberries and Cream Happy Balance Gummy. They now have mixed bags, so you get all the creams and all the fruit flavors in one bag. So whether you're craving blackberries and cream one day or red apple the next day, there you go. You got a mixed bag full of delightful gummies. And of course, as a reminder, Pink Lemonade drops on June 21st, so keep an eye out for that. You can check out OGs online at ogsbrands.com, on Instagram at ogsbrands, and you can also find their products at your local dispensary, but you must be 21 years or older to purchase. Guys, that was a really interesting conversation with Eric. I feel like there's a lot of stuff that we kind of got a little bit of clarity on, especially around the CBA, because there's so much that's changing. Yeah, no, that was huge. Very informative. Thanks to Eric for coming mm -hmm. on. Um, and I think it kind of reiterates what we've been struggling with all of us when it comes to trying to figure out what the sun should do this offseason is there is no like perfect answer that's waiting there. Like last summer, it was like Kevin Durant is dangling in front of us like we're fixated on that. That makes sense. This summer, there are so many different avenues that they can take. 
and none of them are easy. They're all complicated. They all involve asking tough questions. Like a lot of this stuff that we're talking about with Chris Paul, when he was talking about, you know, guys that you want to bring in guards that can facilitate and, and help them run the offensive whatnot. I'm thinking like, well, shit, like that's Chris Paul. <laughs> and if you look at the free agency point guard list, it's not great. So unless you are able to find a trade that brings in those two to three guys at different positions of need and really nail those trades, it's hard to figure this stuff out. And it's going to be hard to put the right pieces around them in one offseason. First off, screw Kevin Durant for making me have to care about math. <laughs> Let me make that very clear because yeah. I have not talked or thought about math this much since high school. Mm. But Eric got me a little excited. Okay. He was talking nerdy to me. I got a little fired up with the idea of you could actually get something for Chris Paul. Because I thought this was basically you're not going to find a trade partner when it comes to Chris Paul and you're down to wave or wave and stretch, right? Mm -hmm. I thought that's really what we were looking at. But if Atlanta's interested in that, just to turn around and wave Chris Paul, I'd be interested in John Collins. The Suns were reportedly interested in at the deadline last year. Like, if you can get a piece or two that can actually have a positive impact on this club, I'm listening because just waving and stretching him doesn't add enough to me, you know, with those with those exceptions that it's going to change the fortunes of the Suns necessarily. But if you can get a guy that has talent that just doesn't currently fit where he's at, now you got me interested. Yeah, you know, uh, my biggest takeaway from that whole interview was that Chris Paul is the piece to be moved. Like, in, he didn't really make it sound like DA would be the ideal piece, at least from his perspective, to move. And now, does he watch the Suns 24-7 like us? Probably not. A lot of people have their own feelings about DA, but I do feel like you're kind of in a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation with DA at this point where you just got to hope and pray that he's the guy that's going to be able to turn it around and help this franchise get to another level because the maneuverability, mainly because of his lack of performance this last season, hinders his, his trade prospects out there. And we've already seen a team say that they're not interested, and we'll get to that later. So I feel like, you know, Chris Paul obviously is the one that needs to be moved, and you got to hope that you can get enough back for him uh, because this team needs depth, and they need it in the worst way. And the point guard, yeah, I mean, I... See, I, I think that lends itself to I don't know that trading Chris Paul is going to be enough if you're looking to round out this team. I, I feel like, if anything... Like, Chris is the most expendable one of the two. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Aiton is the one that's actually going to get you stuff in return. I, I still feel like, honestly, both, you, you, you've you got it. Obviously, we know this. They've got to explore trades for both guys and see what they can get. Um, but I, I feel like if you're looking for meaningful upgrades, Chris will get you a guy or two from a team that maybe wants to take his contract and stretch and wave it. Um, and get that salary cap relief. But I feel like DA is still the one that's actually going to get you assets because he still is only 24. Um, you know, he's, he's on a max, but it's not going to be as terrible for some teams as the, the TV deal comes in um, and smooths that out a little bit. And I feel like he'll still have those suitors that are like, we can fix him or he was just in the wrong scenario. Give him a change of scenery. He'll be great. I, I, I feel like you've got to explore trades for both those guys. Yeah, I still think you... I think the only path to build a true contender around Kevin Durant and DeAndre or, and Devin Booker 
is to move DeAndre Ayton and CP3. Based on how boxed you are, boxed in you are right now with things, the fact that not only do you need to fill out a fill out the remainder of your starting lineup, but you need bench depth. We saw how how that screwed them. I think the only way to get there is to move both those guys and get as much value as possible to kind of fill things out. You move. Uh, you move CP3 for something like a John Collins and, and spare parts from Atlanta. Then you move DA for for something involving a point guard and bench pieces, whatever the case may be. To me, that seems like the only path to really build around your two stars and get you to where where you want to be. Okay, so I'm not going to make us talk about this for a really long time. We can save that for a little bit later, but Suns and eight in the comments said, we don't need to look for another point guard. We already have one, and his name is Devin Booker. This has been a conversation since the Chris Paul news kind of hit the social waves, is that could you turn to Devin Booker and have him handle the ball more? Not in the um, sense of like point book that we saw in the past, but really have him kind of more in that role on a regular basis. I don't know that I love that for Book. I do think he's capable of doing it 100%. Um, but that's such a heavy load, I feel like, to put on Devin's shoulders. And like you said last week, Gerald, then you miss out on the efficient offense that he brings. And you're asking somebody else to replace that offense to an extent when it's like he's so efficient that why would you trade one for the other? You want to answer that or you want me to answer that? <clears throat> I, I, I'm going to push back on this whole, like, I don't give a shit if Chris Paul's the point guard. We saw that this year. Like, the Suns could manage, when everybody was healthy, the Suns could manage being out there without Chris Paul or even with him on the court and not have Chris Paul be a dominant ball handler for the Suns, right? Uh, Devin Booker showed in the playoffs, uh, especially against the Nuggets in in games three and four, that he could be every point, uh, every bit the facilitator um, that you need without having to dominate the ball the entire time because Kevin Durant can bring the ball up. Different guys can bring the ball up. To me, it's not about running the offense. It's more about, you know, if you're having to bring the ball up every single time because teams try to wear you down, they throw guys at you, they try to throw doubles, and Devin has evolved. But because you have other ball handlers on the court, the weight of that is not as significant as it once was like when Devin Booker was point God in year three and four. Like that was a heavy weight because he was the only fucking guy that could do anything out there. So it's a big difference between then and now. So I don't really, I don't really buy this. Now the only thing I will say is that Chris Paul in the fourth quarter specifically will get you in the right place at the right time, set you up for success to make sure everybody's organized as they try to execute the offense, right? Devin Booker can do that to a certain degree, but Chris Paul's the one of the best of all time to do it. It's not not really a fair comparison. But Devin Booker's playmaking ability is so so vastly superior to Chris Paul right now in his career that he can score, he can dish, he can do a variety of different things. He makes him a little bit more dangerous than Chris Paul just organizing the offense. So I just feel like at this point, if you just find ball handlers and guys that can that can take that weight off of Devin until you get into your half-court set and then may, maybe make uh, Devin the, the primary focus, cool. But I don't think it's nece- a necessity. Well, I mean, if we're to believe that Kevin Young had an influence on last year's offense, some of that, some of what we saw with not having Chris Paul bring up the ball could have been aspects of of what he, he did there. And to your point, there's a lot of, I mean, Kevin Durant, 
can can do some of the ball handling at certain points. Devin can. You sign a guy like a Dennis Schroeder to some kind of veteran minimum, you could have him out there, handle the ball a little bit, play good defense. Like I don't think you need to get the star point guard. Uh, you don't need the big name there necessarily because you do have a lot of guys, but when you go from Chris Paul to point guard by committee, I think you're going to notice it at certain at certain points, even if Devin Booker is leading that committee. You will, and, and you'll notice it like we noticed it, and maybe not to this extent, but you'll notice in game two when they were finding their groove when they built that nine-point lead on the Nuggets and then Chris Paul gets hurt. The offense kind of falls into disarray a little bit. And not to say that every team is going to play defense the way that the Nuggets have in these playoffs. They've been great. But, like, it will matter. I think Book is good enough to handle more playmaking in the half court. Um, Like Saul said, they would need to disperse who's bringing the ball up the court. Um, That's one way you can make point Book a little bit more viable. But come playoff time, that is a lot to put on his plate if he's having to, you know, handle a lot of the facilitation and that will be a key difference. I, I think a lot of people have, um, you know, labeled Chris Paul as being washed and, you know, his availability is a big question. We all know that. But when you do have him out there, it makes a difference. And when you look at the point guard market, it's not great in free agency. So if you wave and stretch him and you free up, you know, that MLE for $12.2 million and you free up the biannual exception for like $4.5 million, whatever it is, you have to nail those signings that you put those to use on. And I, I just don't know, like you're looking at a swing, a home run swing type signing with like a Gabe Vincent or somebody like that. I don't know that that's the answer. I don't know that that's better than trying to waive Chris Paul and re-sign him on a vet minimum. But it's starting to sound like that might be a pipe dream because the tea leaves, what you're hearing from some of the national guys, Eric even mentioned it there is that they don't think he's going to sign that vet minimum to come back. That's I don't true. know if that's leverage right now. but It could be, but Woj did say he wants to be back with the Suns, and I would put a decent amount of stock in that. I don't picture him wanting to go anywhere else unless he's taken that hit to his pride that deeply if they did wave him, which is a possibility. But. I mean, there is a very real situation where, yeah, he wants to be with the Suns, but for a certain dollar amount and what you're offering is not that dollar amount. You know I what I mean? It could be like, yeah, I do want to be back here, but I'm not going to take a pay cut to be back here. But that's the thing is like, <clears throat> if he, if the Suns decide to waive him and they re-sign him for the vet minimum, that's 3 million on top of the basically 16 he's already guaranteed. Is another team going to come through with an offer for 19, 20 million a year? I don't see that either. Maybe not that much, but I, maybe it's their biannual exception. Or something, and if the only team I see him seriously considering is the Lakers, if LeBron calls him up and says, "I think we can, I think we can get something going here, and we've got a little bit more money than Phoenix," I could see that but, where he goes. But he in. can't double dip. Remember, like we talked about. Yeah, last there's week. like an like, offset. There's an yeah. offset in his contract, so he can't like stack their mid level on top That's of true. the sixteen. So he'd lose them. So basically, I could see where LeBron could pull him into to LA. LeBron's the only person yeah. I feel like that could pull pull him in. I think it's to me it would be between the Lakers and the, and the Suns cuz the Clippers are a joke. They've always been a joke. They always will be a joke. Bye. Um so I I, I would keep it at the <laughs> Lakers. Yeah. I, and I do think the overarching theme that we're getting from these conversations is like people expecting 
a home run fireworks kind of off season, you're, you're just not going to get that. And I don't think even getting a third star is the right avenue to team building. Cause like we keep talking about, you have three guys that are making 30 to 40 million a year. Good luck building the rest of your roster. You, you just need, I mean, honestly, like the nuggets. Okay. You're looking at them right now. They made two key moves in the off season, mm -hmm. Brown and KCP. Mm -hmm. And those two guys is, is, was, is enough. Mm -hmm. For them to be threats enough and come through enough from the perimeter and scoring wise and defensively to get them over the top. You just need to be marginally better than you were last season on the bench and in your role players. Guys were far too inconsistent. They were far too below average in helping out KD and Booker when they had their opportunities and they didn't come through. You need guys that were going to step up like Shamba did in the one game that he actually had good as a son uh, in that Stop. <laughs> Stop. in the playoffs sorry, this year. Sorry, sorry. Stop it. Uh, in the playoffs this year. Uh, <laughs> and you need more consistent stuff like that. We thought we were going to get that from Tory Craig. Mm -hmm. And if Tory kept on that role, I, I do believe at, cer uh, at a certain point that would have been almost enough to overcome the Nuggets in addition to Chris Paul not getting hurt. But he fell off. And then you had guys that were just up and down and up and Kogi. down. I felt like it was on a roller coaster. Yeah, Kogi. Yeah. Man, he had a, a great January. We started calling him a knockdown three-point shooter, and he didn't hit a three for the rest of the season. I don't know what happened to my Lindsay guy. Lindsay happened to him. That's oh, right. Oh, no. Oh, you oh, have oh, a oh, When Gerald and I were referring to him as a three-point, a knockdown three-point shooter, he was fine. The minute no, the two of no, you jumped no. on the bandwagon is when he fell off. Well, then okay. don't clamor for us to get on the bandwagon if you don't really want us well, on the wagon. Well, now I know better. I don't want you anywhere near the bandwagon. Your Let's comment be. made her go full Sopranos. <laughs> oh, oh, hey, 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 hey. Oh, well, look, I think what Suns fans need to do with this offseason is have some lowered expectations, right? I mean, that's honestly for that's real, what though. It, they expect expectations. Like, oh, give me, oh, we have the sound. We, we do oh, somewhere. You guys just give, so play it, play it. No, it's too late now. It's like, too late. The moment it's gone. But <laughs> seriously, give me, give me some lesser, we lesser names, but more value. Like you need mm. to, you need to hit the mix my sports metaphors. A lot of singles this off season. Mm -hmm. Really, guys that are good that can fill your bench, that can play these roles, uh, and not the way that it, that some teams have tried to build where it's. It's all stars. If you go out and get Carl Anthony Towns and you have 150 million Oof. between Devin, KD, and Carl Anthony Towns, no. enjoy enjoy being stuck in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. That would be rough. All right. Um, I'm gonna give you guys an option here. Okay. We got for what our normal show's total runtime, mm -hmm. usually about an hour. Mm -hmm. Means we got about 15 minutes left. Should mm -hmm. we just roll through everything we have planned or do we want to push some for tomorrow? No, roll through it. Let's, Let's do this. All hey. right. We will roll through it. We're going to start with a super chat first and Saul, because it is from Basketball Cthulhu. You are up. Thank you, Psycho Blue, for your $10 super chat. <clears throat> Basketball Cthulhu is getting aggravated at Maga Porter Jr. throwing all of this shade. Our vengeance shall be fearsome and terrible as we snatch the title belt off his conspiracy theorist waist. Oh. Okay. <laughs> first of all. I'm dying. I, I just <laughs> I just want to take a moment to say that we continuously are nothing but in Denver Nuggets fans' heads all the damn time. Yes. Even the players. Yeah. All they are about to hoist their first championship and they beat us to the punch. You mm -hmm. can't say anything about it. It is what it is. And still 
And still, they are obsessed with us. Obsessed. Oh my God, that is the most fickle fan base in the world. They All they do is they search hate on the internet. They want to find everybody with a take about the Nuggets just so they can shit all over them, despite the fact that their team's about to win a championship. They can win the championship tonight, and I guarantee you within five minutes, all the old takes exposed will be out there. All the bad takes will be retweeted. Look at this clown. Look at this. Saul's just worried that's coming. No, no, no. I've been saying it. I've been saying it because when they beat us finally, that's all they did. When they see the Lakers, that's all they did. They're up on the heat. That's all they're doing. Dude, just enjoy the fucking championship. There is you enough. fucking weirdos. We gave it to them so good that they can't get enough. My I mean, goodness. Listen. Okay. I'm just going to say because as soon as the Suns win it, title i know that we'll our fan base and shit. even people on this panel are going to do the same shit and drug yes. up receipts the michael porter tab jr was the worst and best thing for twitter okay we all know it michael porter jr i'm not a huge fan of his but all that he said was that i think they'll put up a better fight than the suns did and what have we all been saying about their effort in game six when they were down by 30 they sucked they didn't have fight they quit all this shit like what is he saying that's different than what we were saying? Is it just because he's saying it? Mm-hmm. It's, it's because he's saying it while he's playing against the Heat and not the Suns. Well, it's also he's saying it as they're about to win a, a series 4-1 and win their first title. Who cares? Also, I'm going to say something here. It's not going to yeah, be Yeah, but popular. it's still a part of their journey, though. They do expect a more competitive game than the one they got from the Suns to close it out. That's, that's, that's fair. I, I would yeah, expect I that, too. I'm just saying we're we in their sucked. head. <laughs> Let me say this, and I'm going to piss off some people, but screw Basketball Cthulhu. All Basketball Cthulhu oh, no. has talked about is how great we're going to be, this and that. Where is it? Where is it, Basketball well, Cthulhu? Well, uh, all right. Yeah, that seal ain't been broken, and I'm waiting. I will say this about, I listen, we love you, Psycho Blue. We do. But Basketball Cthulhu, I, I don't know. Is there a basketball dot? Because... We sure are getting the shit end of the stick every single year. Meanwhile, franchises like, like the Nuggets somehow thrive. They do the same shit we do. How come everybody else gets rewarded and we don't? Because you We all not. have different gods? What the heck? Patience. Oh. Patience. Patience. Sometimes you gotta go through hell to... 58 Jay, years love, of patience. I love Jay too far, Espo. <laughs> and Charles Esperado strikes again. Yeah. Um, you just have to be better. In your faith, Saul. You gotta have faith, the faith, the faith. That's why. <laughs> you gotta be a better follower. <laughs> a better disciple. What the hell are we Pray harder. About? Just move on. Just, just, just move on. Baby. All right, let me tell you about our friends. That's all we're saying. Let me tell you about our friends over at FOCO. FOCO is a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and so much more. FOCO always has our back for Arizona sports, and they have yours, too. You can get the best gear around by visiting foco.com and using code PHNX. For all non-presale items, use that code PHNX for 10% off. Again, that is foco.com, code PHNX. Also want to remind you that our friends over at Four Peaks are doing some really cool things for teachers. This year, they are giving away 11 $1,000 cash grants and one lucky teacher will win a teacher's lounge renovation provided by Four Peaks. If you want to nominate a teacher, Go to fourpeaks4teachers.org. 
you do have to nominate before June 30th. So make sure you get that in. And also Teacher Tuesdays are back. So tomorrow for all you teachers out there, if you go down to the 8th Street Pub in Tempe every Tuesday through July, you bring a valid teacher ID and you'll receive $4 pints of Kilt Lifter, Wow, Hazy and Hop Knot. Make sure you guys check out at Four Peaks Brew or at Fort Peaks Pub to keep up with the latest at Arizona's hometown brewery. You do have to be 21 or older to drink Four Peaks, and we ask that you drink responsibly. Okay. <clears throat> so there are two players or two reports of players that we're going to discuss. We'll start with Fred Van Vliet. He declined his player option. And that means everyone on Sun's Twitter is asking the question, <clears throat> how do we get Fred Van Vliet here in Phoenix? For one, I have a problem because I'm going to never be able to say his name correctly. Fred Van Vliet. Every time I say it, I screw it up. F-E squared. I we, exactly. We're going to have to come up with a nickname if he winds up here. Mm -hmm. But what do you guys think? No. Is there in a world of possibility here? Yes. If you had a time machine, you'd go back and draft fred van vliet it is not happening there is no money to sign him you can't sign and trade because you'll get hard capped there is no path to fred van vliet just knock it off already with fred van vliet i mean plus he's 29 and it ain't that good you can't well he's pretty good you can hard cap but yeah that puts you in an even more difficult situation than we're already talking about so no, it doesn't feel realistic at all. There would have to be a lot of maneuvering on his part, on the Suns' part, and on the Raptors' part to make that happen. So as much as he is the best available point guard this offseason that's realistic that the Suns could get, I, I just don't see that happening. Not a chance, unless you want actual Raptors to emerge from the ground. <laughs> That'd be kind I mean, of cool. I wouldn't be mad at that either. That would not be cool. What are you talking <laughs> Yo, about? Do I, have Chris, be do I have Chris Pratt with me? Can he train them? I'm How not going to take it. We're already an hour into this. I can't take this down a rabbit hole. But remind me to tell you the Raptor story later, okay? All okay. right. And then we also, of course, last week, there was a lot of talk around Portland being interested in DeAndre in. Could mm -hmm. we get Damian Lillard? <laughs> well, Emma. Emma, what happened? Forget about it. <laughs> the Reaper reaped. Gambo tweeted out, the Portland Trailblazers are not interested in acquiring DeAndre. And womp womp. I, I mean, I we said this. I said this. This is not surprising. surprising. We, we were know. never getting the third pick for DeAndre. No, we were never getting Damian Lillard for DeAndre. And so glad we can yeah. put that stuff to bed. I'm not going to say I that. Just, we just you. wanted to... Just, just wanted to leave the door open. Just leave Dreaming's the door free. Open. It's stupid, but it's free. <laughs> yeah. Let us have our dreams. So there's that. Well, they're dashed. At least That's, the, re least the Reaper's back. I enjoy two. that one-week dream. <laughs> Hate to break it to you, but no fun around here in this PHNX Suns world, apparently. We just want people to have realistic expectations. Yeah, we just want to have it. some fun, okay? Uh Next, before we move on to the next one, Saul, we did get an update about yeah, I know. I'm gonna read basketball it. Cthulhu. <laughs> there we go. Mm -hmm. You misunderstand. <laughs> we are the seal. We are heartbroken by design. The sun's at Cthulhu's prison, and only a championship will break his seal, and the Beeble gods will fall. We're stuck together. If that doesn't describe what being a Suns fan is like, I don't know what else does. <laughs> Thank you, Psycho Blue, for the super chat. You don't understand the dark. 
You were merely <laughs> you merely what? adopted it. I was born in it, molded by it. Screw you, basketball Cthulhu. Is there a way that we could like get on another like an another timeline where that's not oh God, the I life know. we have to live? <laughs> Can we like jump timelines or something here where oh, sons geez. are just in a much better spot? Why, why do I feel like every timeline would just wind up <laughs> like this? I don't know. It's going to be the worst timeline. Shoot. All right, let's do a little bit of coaching updates and shenanigans. Mm. We heard from Frank Vogel, mm. and uh, let's play it and then talk about it. Yeah, I, I think he's got a great opportunity to, to win a championship. I know he's very motivated by that, and I'm very motivated uh, to be the guy that helps him get there. Uh, I, I'm very interested in, in coaching Chris and Chris being back with us. I've communicated that to him. Um, you know, there's just a, an intangible piece that, that you cannot overlook when you're talking about a guy like Chris Paul, right? The, just the, the toughness, the IQ, the intelligence of just dissecting it and understanding there's certain guys in this league, you know, they just have a feel of knowing whatever, you know, being able to dissect a game and understand what's happening within that game and figure out what, what uh, chess pieces to move uh, to get that win. You know, I mean, he's he's an ultimate winner, and I think uh, I think he's a vital part in what we what we do next year. So this is kind of similar to when he was asked about Aiton. I feel like it's nice and it's good to hear the coach wants him around, but ultimately that decision is not in his hands. And mm -hmm. what else is he going to say in that scenario? He's not going to say, "Well, I've never really been that big of a fan, so I kind of feel like we should wave and stretch him." And here's what: like he's never yeah. going to do that. Um, it, it's good that if Chris Paul is here, he's got a coach who has a fan in him, but um, it doesn't necessarily mean that he's suddenly off limits or that he's coming back. I, I'm i going to put the tinfoil hat on, right? Okay. This feels like Frank Vogel uh, putting the used car salesman thing on, like, <laughs> hey, I know you came down here for the BMW, but can I interest you in this Dodge Caravan that doesn't have a whole lot of miles? It'll get you where you're going. I think you might be interested in it. Like, mm -hmm. he's selling DeAndre Ayton. He's selling Chris Paul. Like, uh, I give him credit. Like, if James Jones went to him and said, these two guys aren't going to be on the roster, but let's not say anything, he's, he's doing everything to, to drum up some interest. You know, he's a, the carnival barker. He's going to come out here and get you what you get, get people in the door trying to, trying to find this. Uh, yeah. I mean, have you seen how good Kyrie looks in Stop his warm-up videos? Stop it. I would just like to think that Frank Vogel is speaking about the players who are currently on this Suns team the way that he should be speaking about players that are on this current Suns team. And until that changes, these are the guys he is going to move forward as if they are going to be on his team next year. He, he, Why wouldn't he? Like, if your coach ever came out and said anything remotely opposite of what he said about DA and what he has said about Chris Paul, you got bigger issues. You hired the wrong guy. You should have just kept Monty Williams at that point. Right. Yeah, because allegedly he hated them both anyway. Because this, this is exactly what your coach is supposed to say. This I is agree. exactly what it is. He did say something uh, interesting after this uh, on the same show where he was talking about, you know, if Chris came back. The question was, if Chris came back, how would you kind of limit those minutes? How would you make sure he stays healthy at his age? But he talked about how maybe not going as hard in practice uh, physically, but going hard mentally, film-wise, walkthrough-wise, these different things is an approach they might take. And I, I found that fascinating. It might also be part of why 
KD uh, and Book found some of this intriguing too with him is, oh, this this guy is going to uh, figure out ways to maybe not push us as hard in practice, but get us better in, in other ways. I found that interesting. And then he talked about how he had spoken with uh, with Katie and Book and that they're excited about the defensive end of things and how they how they ran stuff in, in L.A. and how they might be able to get the most out of it on the defensive end. So Frank Vogel's bringing a different approach. We'll see if it works, though. All right, a couple more updates as far as the coaching staff goes. Um, it is rumored that Monty will be stealing Jarrett Jack away from the Suns and bringing him to join his squad over in Detroit. And then that Quinton Crawford is expected to join uh, Frank Vogel's staff, Quentin Crawford, coming from the Dallas Mavericks. Also, former Wildcat, let's go. Shut you, up, Saul. Oh, Don't man. even. He didn't play for that. What? <laughs> he was on the bench. Literally bench, before this show, on. we no had minutes. a meeting to talk about this guy. And I brought up that he played for U of A. And Saul <laughs> didn't know who he was. He was a walk-on. <laughs> yeah, he didn't but, play. But you, you got a diehard fan, aren't you? sassy about it. Because he wasn't a real player. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the point is, he did. Saul's he was a, a walk-on at U of A. Um, he's mostly been a video coordinator, but he has worked with Frank Vogel. He spent two years under Vogel with the Orlando Magic, and then he was on the Lakers staff the year that they won the title together as an assistant there. So a lot of familiarity there. He's only 32 years old um, and has played and coached at various levels. So we'll find out more about him, but that's just kind of a broad strokes of what to expect if this uh, reported hire becomes official here. Um, I'm just going to say this, pure speculation. I'm guessing they did not offer Jared Jack an opportunity to come back because I'm not looking at Detroit and Phoenix and going, Detroit, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to Detroit. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was not let go, but he was... Uh, not invited he was, back. He was not going to be coming back <laughs> and Monty invited him, so, yeah. I like Jared Jack, though. I did, too. He was really nice. Jared Jack is Chris Paul's boy, though. Yes, he is. Mm. I don't think that means what connect all the dots. No. Chris Paul to Detroit, trade him. Let's go. Those are God. two dots on separate, separate sides of the country. <laughs> <laughs> we need to connect them. Girls, like, please don't do this to me. We oh, are we can so six close degrees to the of end. Separation please don't do this. To me. How dirty would you be doing CP3 if you're like, we know you want to play for a championship, but here's Detroit. Enjoy. <laughs> you can help turn that franchise around. Oh. 19 wins, you say? Nope. 29 now. Oh, oh boy. He did I for suppose. OKC, though. He got him to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. He did. I yes. suppose. You're up. Oh, well. It's your time to shine, buddy. Let's you go. should have given me kind of a warning before we went. The warning got. was when I told you before the, the show. Was, Espo, you're up. You never <laughs> told me what it was. God, and now my phone's not working. It's All in right. the rundown. Well, guess what we're talking about today? Clippers. Not those from L.A., the kind that go downstairs. That's right. We're talking about ball clippers from your friends. At uh, who's are, who are they? Manscaped. Manscaped. That's right. <laughs> who are they? I'm just screwing around here. Uh, you know, the Manscaped Lawnmower uh, 4.0 is my preferred trimmer. I've tried others, and this stuff isn't gentle. But you know what? The Lawnmower 4.0, Chef's Kiss. It's that good. It could shave fuzz off a peach. Maybe I'll bring in a peach next time. And my Lawnmower 4.0, we oh, can please uh, don't. please no demonstration. <laughs> yeah, how. How nice, <laughs> how nice it is there. But it's not just that. You know what they also have, guys? Mm. They have the crop preserver, the, the ball deodorant that will make your boys not smell. 
How spectacular is that? Uh, and you, it'll help you stay cool in the heat, which is impressive that you can do that in Arizona. I love that I'm just staring at Gerald now. I, I can't like, get out of this two shot soon enough. Poor Gerald. No, <laughs> no, I'm just going to. Uh, Gerald, you know what else you can get? What's that? Two free gifts at, with their performance package 4.0. And you're, you're going to get those boxers. Okay. And you're going to get a travel bag. Oh, nice. That's not a euphemism for downstairs, all right? You're going to get an actual bag. So (laughs) make sure to get 20% off and free shipping when you use the code PHNX, emphasis on the P, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code PHNX at manscaped.com. Oh, my God. It's smooth sack summer, boys. Get on board or get left behind. That's how you know Espo waited to the last minute to read what he was supposed to say. That one I caught just, you off guard, huh? I just really didn't expect it. <laughs> Smooth sack summer, boys. Well, yeah. you know, to be fair, a lot of a lot of guys out there don't understand that if you don't keep it clean in terms of the hair, then that's where all the funk starts to to, to come from. It's true. That's why you have the bald. That's deodorant, why you need the so. manscape. You you got you got to cut all the hair off. Moving on. Keep it fresh and, and <laughs> hygienic. Game time is the place to go. Wrong? For tickets to upcoming games or concerts that you want to go to, Game Time is the best place for last minute ticket deals. You can snag tickets without the stress with Game Time. If you download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PHNX when you sign up, you're going to get $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. But again, just create an account, redeem code PHNX for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Game Time is super dope because it's so easy to use. Cardinals uh, preseason tickets, Espo found First two games. Three dollars a ticket. Three dollars. Okay. So a you ticket? literally mm-hmm. can download the promo and probably take your whole family and save yourself twenty bucks and still only pay like two. <laughs> I mean, my goodness. There's no better way to. Never mind. Lord, <laughs> don't go there. Don't. I don't know. But yeah, check out game time. Okay, we do have a super chat from Khalil. Uh, Thank you for your super chat. They said, trade Aiton and Shamit to Indiana for Turner and Heald. Resign Chris Paul at a cheap price. Point guard starter, either Van Vliet or Caruso. Also try to pry Rui. Oh, you had me until you got to re-sign CP3 at a cheaper rate and everything after that. Uh, that's just impossible. That's not, yeah. None of that's going to happen. We literally don't have the money. Yeah, it's just not going to happen. Like, that's what makes all of this so difficult. And the thing is, is that, like, especially with all the CBA rule changes and everything, which we all don't have even, like, full access to all the details, I think we're starting to get more and more. Um, I think somebody put one in the Discord that had a pretty good explanation of it today, which if you're not a diehard, you can become a diehard and get access to that Discord. What you're waiting for. Um, But there's just so many numbers and figures and rules and regulations and things of that nature that go around this that it's it's not as simple as as that. No, this isn't isn't fantasy basketball. Mm -mm. And and this is no disrespect to, to the commenter, but there are so many rules and restrictions in place that you can't just go get whoever. This isn't baseball where there's no restrictions, the cap, there is no cap you can spend. This is very prescriptive to prevent teams from being able to do that. So James Jones, as we've talked about, has a whole hell of a lot that he has to accomplish with very few tools to do it. He's going to have to MacGyver the shit out of this to get a roster that can get you to a championship. 
All right. Do you guys think, I know, Saul, you already went on a rant about the Nuggets, but do you think the uh, season comes to an end? I will say yes. Evening? I think. Listen, I, I will be frank. Um, I think it's really cool for the DMVR Nuggets crew that they get to experience a championship because they've invested as much into that team as we have the Suns. Good for them. Um, I'm not going to say shout out to DMVR Sports because they've won championships all over the place up in that city. The Broncos, the Avs, like they've seen success before, so whatever. And then the rest of the Nuggets fans, whatever. Um, so I I hope they enjoy it. I hope I hope they actually, to be real, I hope they actually take the time to soak it in and really appreciate what they just saw because they have a great basketball team. They're phenomenal. They got one of the best players, if not the best player in the NBA, playing at an incredible level, doing things that we've never seen before. Um, I just hope that they appreciate that in the moment instead of fueling that anger that's steep seated inside them to go look for vengeance somewhere else. Like, just enjoy the moment. Drink the champagne. Get drunk. Get crazy tonight. So if the Nuggets win tonight, which I expect they will, this becomes the 15th time in Suns history that they lost in the playoffs <sighs> to the eventual champion. Good for Denver. Happy for the DNVR folks. But I am so sick of watching this team in this city be the bridesmaid and never the bride and having to deal with this. The Suns and James Jones need to figure out a way to put together a roster that is reflective of what we've seen in Miami, what we see in Denver. The kind of move we saw Denver make last week. They're in the middle of the finals, and they're still making moves to put themselves in a better position to get cheap talent through the draft to stay towards the top. I do not want to be in this position again. 15 times losing the eventual champion and still no title here. One of the longest droughts in sports. Figure it out, look around, and build a team the right way because never again should we lose like that to the eventual champ. Fingers crossed one day it happens for us within our lifetime, preferably, right? Let's go Miami. <laughs> <laughs> Come back from 3-1 down. Let's make it only 14 still. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all we have for you. Before we say goodbye, do you guys want to hear the thing that I was going to tell you about Raptors? Sure. I wanted to do it at the end, so if you didn't want to hear about the shenanigans, you could just tune out now. Oh, that's always uh, great. When you say, this isn't good enough for you to still listen. I so. think it's fascinating, <laughs> but, you know, it's it's complete and utter shenanigans. Somebody on the internet said that Raptors were actually the size of chickens. They weren't like what we see in the movies and all that kind of stuff around dinosaurs, like Jurassic Park. And they were like the big scary raptors that like eat everybody. Oh, They're yeah. actually the size of chickens. And I love that. That's fake. That, no. That is my favorite thing in the that, entire world. A raptor, but it's the size of a chicken. Are you kidding me? That shit scares me more. Oh, I, I that love scares it me more. so like, much. Because that scares me more. They, they could be flocks of them that are just coming at you with little claws. And, but oh. I love, no. could you imagine if you could no. befriend some of those? You're not befriending What world are you living in? People freak out if there's like a, a, mice that, world. a mouse that runs by. Yeah, like imagine bigger, but a fucking <laughs> raptor <laughs> now. Yeah, the roaches are totally different. <laughs> A, a chicken-sized raptor would be cool. You can step on a cockroach and kill it. You ain't stepping on that and killing it. It's killing you. Are we really just going to glaze past the fact that Gerald just said, people are afraid of mice and stuff? 
You were one of them on <laughs> camera. No, I'm a rat. This is, this is a difference. That's, but true. that's my point. Uh, you're backing up my point. <laughs> could, could People you, are scared of mice. Could you that's imagine still a rat you're hiding in your bag? Holy crap. No. It would be cool. I think it would like, be Like, damn, fun. they left a window open. A chicken-sized <laughs> raptor snuck into my bag. The claw. Ah, what no. the hell graphic was that? It was, she was pulling it up on the it internet. It was a raptor so cramping out a chicken. That See? is similar size. <laughs> Which came first, the raptor or the it's a mega yeah. chicken? I don't Depends. Know. Oh my gosh. I don't know. I think it's cool, but it's terrifying. Um, That's terrifying. Yeah. No, no. It makes them worse. I think it makes them better. Okay. Anyway, cool. that's it. There's the shenanigans. You're welcome. Happy Monday, everybody. Come back and see us tomorrow. Maybe we'll have a trade machine for you. Maybe we won't. No, I don't we know. Will. It just depends on how I feel There's, when I wake up tomorrow. It's not up to Lindsay. We're doing it. Oh, boy. It's happening. God, Saul, you could at least let me pretend for five no. seconds. No. You guys are so late. We will Give not. the people what they want. No exactly. chickens, no raptors, no pretend things. No fun, the two of you. Maybe they'll be better tomorrow, but I can't promise you that. But plan to meet us back here at 3 p.m. tomorrow. Until then, you can follow the show on Twitter at phnx underscore sons. You can follow me at Lindsay Smith AZ. You can follow Saul at Saul underscore Bookman. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay. And of course, you can follow Espo at Espo. Espo, take us home. What's scarier, a chicken-sized raptor or raptor-sized chicken? Screw you, basketball Cthulhu. Ahoy, ahoy. PHNX though, Lindsey Gerald Espo. Saw past the ball, we here to turn up the tempo. Got to understand me, I've always rep the family. Rally in the valley like Dan G, no plan B. Always on the job.